Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I am the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is episode 14. Our recap will be given by Morgan Llewellyn as his character in Montgomery Turner. So without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Morgan? My dear Smythe, I hope things are going well for you back in England. Uh, God save the king and whatnot. Uh, now the obligatory greetings are out of the way. There's been a few troubling developments regarding this whole red, blood red fez affair. Uh, we discovered that there was a young man on the train who has been victimized by a lauty. Our crude attempts at removal uh, were of no avail. Uh, the damn thing kept stitching it back and onto his scalp over and over again. And when we decided to confront Lauti himself, we were accosted by his bodyguard, seemingly summoned in some esoteric fashion through the fez he wore on his own head. I scrolled back, fists swinging. Uh, while the rest of the group dealt with that blighter, I kicked my way into Lauti's room and confronted him directly. Uh, he tried to escape out the window, but that was to no avail. His and his goons' fezes were removed, and they were taken into custody. Uh, we discovered a few documents on his person. One outlined a spell that prolongs the life of someone wearing one of these fezes. For a price. Um, some of the fellows have been using it to keep the poor young man alive until we could discover a way to remove that fez, and they report seeing strange visions, some kind of dark tentacled monster in an empty void reaching out with one arm each per hat. Strange things, haven't seen it myself, uh, but I'm inclined to trust them. There was also a poem that Laudy had from a woman identifying herself as the daughter of fate. Uh, we've learned that this is evidently some uh, courtesan of the Ottoman court. Uh, they take such artistic names. Um, and she apparently has some kind of relationship with, with Laudy and has been working with him. Uh, we've met your Baron Leopold and his young daughter, uh, who feared for his sanity. <laughs> and she was, I am afraid to say, quite right in that uh, assertion. The Baron tried to place one of the damned fezes on Dimitri's head while he was asleep. Uh, this direct method of experimentation was not conducive to a healthy environment, so his daughter has whisked them away to go meet with the esteemed Dr. Freud. And I think we're all better for it, uh, I wish you would have been of more help, but alas, what can you do? But this brings me to the most terrible news of all. Uh, when we arrived at Constantinople, we've brought the uh, the young man with us to go find Demir and see about getting the, the hat removed, but Demir wasn't there to greet us at the station. Uh, instead, it was his two, two of his children with a note, and apparently we have been discovered. Uh, we were directed to go meet with a friend of Demir's to, a, to change our, our garb to, more, to better match the locality. And when we finally were brought to his apartment, uh, we were given the most dire news. Demir himself had been stabbed by these fiends and his oldest son has been kidnapped. These cultists deem to kill the poor lad if we don't hand over the uh, the book and fez to him in exchange for his life. Demir does not believe that they have any intention of letting the boy live, regardless of what we do. 
It's the most terrible circumstances. I wish I had better news to report, but Demir is working on a translation of the book, The Whispering Fez, and we are going to try to find a way of saving his son. Yours truly, Montgomery Turner. Excellent. So it's still fairly early in the day. Um, uh, Demir explains, he says, uh, the Persian uh, in this book, uh, I will begin to translate immediately. Um, the Aklo at the end, I, I can translate it, but it will take me a bit of time, a few hours at least. I'm going to try and skim through it and see if I can find any bits of it that are the most important and start working on those. I'm afraid because such texts are usually fraught with danger and reveal rather nasty things. Um, what, what do we do about this exchange? It's, so we've got, we, it's not until tomorrow night. Giving, handing over the books and the, and the fez are out of the question. Um, I think that, that may go, go without saying. There's, if there's any hope of saving your boy, I think it would be finding where they're holding him before this supposed meeting is to take place. Exactly. And I was thinking, you know, I mean, they are wanting a meeting at night, so it's a little easier to move around a kidnap victim. But I'd imagine it's probably close to one, either where they uh, their headquarters are, which I would imagine would be where this uh, courtesan works, or near the drop-off point. That way they don't have to transport it very, transport him very far. He's uh, talked about the docks of Kasim. That is not a very nice area. You know, some docks are bad, but that's an abandoned dock. I mean, I'm sure that the Turkish uh, Navy is not too far away, but I don't think there's anything out there except maybe a few workers. So it's not likely that her, she's going to be in some place a little more glamorous. If she's a courtesan, then mm. she's not going to be in a common brothel area. She may have left that all to herself. There are, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm quite at a loss. Um, your Mister Loudy, that fellow, seemed more like a bumbler. Than anything else but if he was if he was moving around within the occult circles um, some people may have come across him they might know a little bit more about who he was where she is maybe even where she is there are two people I can think of that might 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 very very slim chance might assist in some way one of them is a man that uh, we only know him by the name the frenchman and he is an occultist of some renowned um but 
he's somewhat of a shadowy figure, a bit um, probably dangerous, though nothing can be directly traced back to him. Uh, he, uh, he has a mansion, I believe, in uh, Stambul. In Stambul? Stambul. Yes, it's part of the city. Probably a rather palatial place. But he's a man of um, perverse pleasures and uh, a hedonist. He's not interested in amassing power over others. He's just interested in pleasing his own delecticians. Uh, yeah. he's, he's an odd man. Well, but it, just, it just sounds French to me. He, he very well may be just that. That may be why they call him. The other one, I don't know. I, I even fear saying it out loud. You know, um, when our Professor Smythe was here last, there was a uh, altercation. There is a man who is we believe he's pretending what he's doing, but he is a man who has gathered a number of people. Um, they're, uh, they're in on the other, just on the other side of the, uh, of the Bosporus on the Asian side of the city. Mm -hmm. um, they have a, they're in a small village uh, and uh, he has a fortress above the city. Um, they, they, they tout themselves as a kind of monastic order, but nobody really believes that. Um, he's who a man this? who, he's called Suleiman the Red. Mm. You may Ooh. have heard, uh, you may have heard uh, uh, Professor Smythe mention him. It's why Professor Smythe is afraid to come back here. Because the man has a kind of vendetta out on him. He, uh, he's developed some sort of cult around him. Um, they're called Jiltkardi uh, Lie. Uh, I'm sorry. Jiltkardesh Lie. Does that um, translate to something? It's um, Turkish. It, it's something along the lines of the, uh, the Brotherhood of the Skin. Mm. They worship a, a, a being called uh, Derisisolan, the, the one who is without skin. Huh. Um, he's a dangerous man, but once again, he might he might know something about if, if there are rivals uh, in the city, he would know who they are. And if she or he is a rival, then uh, he might know in either case. It's, uh, I would, uh, I would be very cautious around that man, but I would be, uh, I would, with the Frenchman, I would simply be, he might not even see you. He might just not be interested. He's only going to talk to you if it amuses him. Um, yes. He probably would be easily, easily succumb to flattery and uh, 
but he probably won't take any bullshit. He's too wealthy and too self-absorbed to to be interested in that. But he might. He might. Um, otherwise, I mean, there are places you could go. You could go to the uh, the Imperial Treasury, um, but none of you speak Persian, so yeah. you're not going to be able to do any research. Um, there's the Imperial House of Antiquities, but once again, you're not really going to have. Uh, uh, have anything mostly i'm going to read this but see what you can you could go to the docks and see mm-hmm. what you're dealing with before before uh, midnight tomorrow you suspect mm-hmm. then that this nisrat is uh acting in concert with some other occult fanatic here in town that she's the lure for the I, I don't know. Usually those sorts of people don't get along very well. If you belong to their cult, you either belong to their cult or you don't. And if you don't, they don't like you, you know, but they might know everything about you. So that might be a motivation. And uh, what is the what is the normal, if there is such a thing, sort of uh, progression if one is very successful as a consort in higher circles and leaves the industry. Is there a cultural position? Not really. I you think just take that, the money you've made and make a life for yourself in some way or other? Yeah, you have position. I mean, most of them would never even dream of leaving because they have, you know, food and and the luxurious things and yeah. you know place to live uh, if she's left then either she's still part of that or she has left and she is confident that she has something more powerful or more better uh, more better term uh, but you know what i mean yeah anyways i will start working on translating this excellent hmm and you do not suspect the Frenchman or Suleiman the Red to be involved in this uh, kidnapping, no? No, I, I, I don't think that it would have anything to do with Suleiman, especially. He's, he's, um, he's. They're, they're, they're somewhat recluse. They're, they're more in the, the habit. I don't think they would have anything to do with this blood red fez. You know, that sort of business doesn't seem right. The Frenchman, I don't think so. I think that his occult studies uh, are more esoteric or he does it for his own pleasure. I don't think he's interested in evil hats that suck your brains out. Uh, how, how rooted uh, in with local authorities would the people who've uh, kidnapped the, the son. Uh, are, can we trust I, I, the authorities to go to them? I mean, we should get them involved. This is a serious uh, crime just by itself outside. I, I, I fear, I fear Sharpton, that, that if we get the authorities involved, then they'll kill the son um, the second they start looking around. 
Yes, I do believe that these people are ruthless. So I, I think there's only a, ch a chance that you might get my son back. And I realize that I am absolutely completely torn up inside. But mm -hmm. these people are evil. To, to kidnap a child, to stab me and kidnap my son and force really want to get your child back this is this is very important i'm just i'm just concerned that we, we are not like a like a strike team that could be able to to easily do this well, having if, maybe the authorities as an ace up our sleeve should things go sideways might be a good idea if you could figure out how they are coming to the dock area, that could be land or sea. You might be able to ambush them. I don't know. Yeah. We um, if we if button. we if we needed weapons, I mean, this is Istanbul. You get anything here? We have these great disguises. That we I, think, I think we might pass at a glance for a visitor, but uh, I don't think we're going to slip through the markets unnoticed. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I am thinking we should talk to Frenchmen. Uh, may have more information that uh, we could use. May even know how to how party is planning to get into dock and more importantly, how they plan to get out of docks. We should, I think we should have a visit paid to the Frenchman. I am happy to go. I have plan, I think, to, uh, how you say, loosen his tongue. Oh. Might it involve a, a, a clear ethanolic substance? It does not. It involves a color. I, I plan to um, paint his portrait and uh, use that his own uh, ego against him. And uh, he shall, I believe, wanting to speak freely to me if and I provide a valuable portrait. Uh, who can turn down portrait from a Russian noble, no? Certainly direction. The French are, uh, the French and Russians have a certain mutual admiration. Hmm. Uh, how many, how large was the group that attacked you? And can you tell us anything about them or their appearance or? There were, there were three of them. Uh, they waylaid me and my son while we were uh, walking the streets coming home. Uh, the buildings are fairly close together in areas and there was lots of places people could hide. And before I knew it, they leaped out and hit me over the head. Uh, so see the bump, and then I felt a sharp pain in my side, and I heard my son yell out, and uh, it was all over with. Uh, mm. Some people on the street managed to uh, come out and pick me up and bring me back home. Uh, and then a few hours just before you arrived, they uh, they sent a message, the message that you've seen. It, they are cowardly as well as evil. Indeed. Did any of them see them getting away? Where was it just? No, it was. One it was nighttime. Parent? All right. 
So there's no there's no confirmation that it was just the three of them. They were all men. They're all rather large men. Which means that she has followers. All well, right, I will go in. I am in a great deal of pain at the moment, but I'm going yeah. to try and start working on this <clears throat> whispering fez. Dimitri, when you go to the Frenchman, do you want a company? Someone like uh, your someone that could be your uh, assistant? Very much so. Charles, I think you'd be perfect. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That's what I was thinking too. Excellent. I was wanting to talk to him also. Demir calls out from the other room. He says, don't go anywhere alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I am not in favor of doing anything alone anymore. Yeah. All right. So some of you are going to go see the Frenchman. Uh, who is going to go? I suppose we can split evenly and divide our time between the Frenchman and the, the Suleiman fellow. Yes, I, I will. I will go pay a visit to this monastic order. The uh, benefit to that group, it seems to me, is if they are not uh, involved, they might be, in, in fact, quite adamantly counter this group as uh, you know, objectionable misbelievers or whatever you know there's nothing one cult hates more than a cult with a different god exactly <laughs> exactly i think i will also check out the cult rather than the french and i have a bit of a disdain for the french so it's probably oh well sydney it looks like uh we have an opening for you to go oh, with the frenchman my pleasure it so might be so once you begin to make inquiries, you find out you find out something before you leave. One is uh, Stambul is um, on the far part of the city. Uh, it'll take you half an hour to get there. Um, the place where uh, uh, Suleiman is is uh, it's uh, in Skutari. Uh, which is on the Asian side of the Bosporus, you are going to have to find a boat that will take you across the Bosporus to get to the other, other part of the city. There's no bridge yet. Um, oh, there and, must be uh, ferries. So that's there. going to take you a couple of hours to do that. All right, so we'll do the Frenchman first. Along the way, as we're traveling, we're going to stop in the market so I can pick up a canvas and an array of uh, oil paints and brushes and other implements so that I'm fully prepared to set up an easel and um, paint his portrait. Uh, two questions as we head out. I assume that we will, you know, since our trip across the river is going to take longer, we shouldn't dally. Um, is what is the quickest way to contact Garo Demir in an emergency, say from across the river? Is there any mechanism, whatever? Flaming arrow. It... Carrier pigeon. 
Right. He doesn't happen to have a suite of pigeons handy for us to carry yeah, under no. our coats. Um, I'd say probably finding a message boy and getting the message boy to do it, but it's still going to take him hours. Oh That's yeah. probably not, he'll probably just pocket your money and disappear. Yes. Is there some kind of, <clears throat> should we visit a consulate and get uh, guidebooks in English? or the likes, that we don't just get lost in Constantinople within 10 minutes of leaving Garo's place? That is there, a great idea. That is a very good consulate. Idea. Yes, we could register at the consulate as well. So if we show up floating in the Bosporus in 12 hours, they'll at least be able to identify us quickly. Yes. Um, the British consulate is opposite the Ottoman bank, uh, and it's open at 10 a.m., so it's open now. Um, and well, it said, like uh, nice big landmarks as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so are you all going to go to the consulate? Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, yeah. how much they'll offer Dimitri in service, but uh, at least a few of us should probably check in, maybe at least one from both parties. Then we can have matching maps. Oh, there we go. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll swing by. Okay. Do that while I'm shopping for art supplies. Yeah, perfect. I'll come with you to shop for uh, art supplies. I can carry your easels for you. Thank you. Already in character. All right. I'm done. All right. You uh, will do the consulate first, then. Um, uh, the British consulate. Uh, uh, has a number of employees up in the front. Uh, what they can do is they can give you papers um, that will make it look like you're basically on official business. Not for them, but you have business and you have mm-hmm. the license to do business if you need to. That's excellent. Um, a little oh. bit of official recognition should be just be stopped a bit random. Good. Um, they also can mark your passports. I'm sure you have passports. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All right. So, uh, Dim- uh, Dimitri, you've gotten whatever supplies you wanted. Um, you've got a, a little carrying thing, your easel and stuff. So, you travel across town. Uh, you come to an area of Istanbul that's very pretty. Lots of gardens, lots of larger houses, uh, lots, lots of uh, uh, mansions. Uh, and you, you don't know exactly where the man lives, but it's one of those things where you ask people, you know, and eventually they start pointing and you end up there. This man's place is rather grand. There's gardens all around it. There's fountains. Um, And you can see that there are a number of servants moving about. Uh, Eventually, uh, you find where the front entrance would be to it. And uh, you come up to the door and you knock. And a uh, young uh, gentleman uh, dressed as a servant uh, comes to the door. And he opens the door and he looks at you and he says, yes, what do you want? Ah, yes, uh, good sir. Uh, I am uh, 
representative of the famous artist Dmitry Sokolov here. Uh, and uh, we were inquiring uh, if your master would like to have uh, the honor of having his portrait painted uh, by, by the famous artist, Russian artist Sokolov. Do you have an appointment? Uh, this man is full. This man is full and has no use for my time. The Frenchman has lost the opportunity to have his portrait done by such as I. Come, we go. Oh, the, no, the, no, and he closes the door. <laughs> oh, the French. He will realize his uh, stupidity uh, momentarily. Maybe we could uh, see if they want to make an appointment. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I think, think it'll work better, though, if, Dimitri, you're not there. That way it looks like maybe I'm smoothing yeah. it da, over da, for da. Yeah. I will go to end of, of, uh, of walkway behind yeah. those uh, the shrubbery. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll knock again. Um, the servant opens the door. Same one. He's uh, same one, and he says, um, "Are you huh. again?" Um, uh, yes. Please go away. And he closes the door in your face. Oh wow! Well, I look at Sydney. I'm like, huh? I don't think we're going to make much progress on with with that. I don't think so. Hmm. We can try bluffing, but uh, now at this point, I it seems it I seems like get a word out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if if the uh, it seems like the the uh, the butler here is making an awful lot of decisions for the Frenchman. If the Frenchman might have had a an experience with Dimitri before, there's how would he know? I'm well, curious as to what the actual relationship is there now. There probably isn't one. It's just that the butler's under strict orders not to let strangers strangers in. Come on, come on. Let's go. Let's not stand here on the doorstep yeah. looking like fools. Exactly. So, <laughs> so walk out and I I filled Dimitri in. Uh, yeah, he opened the door and I didn't even get a uh, a syllable out before he shut shut the door again in my face. Hmm. Mm. It's very, very disappointing. Uh, it is it is quite strange that uh, a Frenchman would use Butler as this as to as gateway for uh, he knows as businessman uh, opportunities show up in many different ways. And if Butler is turning people away from door, Frenchman is uh, surely losing money hand over fist. Uh, we we will need. Uh, find different way i think to get his attention it is a shame he should use a, a manservant such as this that uh, costs him money yeah does it appear that the the estate this building has like a carriage house or uh does it look mostly like you just walk out and hail a a carriage cab a taxi of sorts we the, could um the style of this place is such where there is not really easy access to the property itself. There's a door and a wall. 
Um, you can see over the wall that there are gardens and fountains and things like that. Um, uh, if there is a car, well, there's no cars yet. Okay. If there's a carriage or anything like that, it's going to be somewhere in the back of the property and it's going to be out of view, you know, where okay. nobody has to look at it. Just, I was thinking maybe if we, we could stake this out a little bit and see maybe if we could actually have a direct uh, audience with him briefly, if, if he's on his way out. Yeah. Now, is this, uh, this one of those houses that, like, is quite a ways to the nearest neighbor because he owns so much land around it? No, Constantinople's pretty packed. So, uh, yeah. but there's, you know, maybe 300, well, that's too much, maybe 100 feet between his place, the wall, and then 100 feet to the next property, next so you have, have to yell at the top of your lungs to barely be able to hear it over there. So there's like garden grounds, you know, greenery and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we set up? All right. Let me try that. Uh, now the wall's about this high. So. Right. Right. But, like but I mean, if you're setting up right next to the wall, then you're invisible. But if you set up a ways away, then you have, you know, you can be seen, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and you come, can see the us, second floor of his exactly right. The clear line of sight to the second floor. Excellent. <clears throat> so, um, come, we set up easel in, in field near there, nearby. And, uh, Sydney, you stand for a portrait and I, I paint you and, uh, sure. we set up, uh, we set up scene and uh, lure mouse into trap. Excellent. So I will dutifully set up the easel as directed and then pose magnificently. You be very regal, very nice. Oh, very good. Wonderful. All right. So you guys are going to do that for a while. Um, Montgomery, James, and Bernard, uh, you have to travel across town. You have to secure a, a, a boat. The, the boats are called something, and I can't remember what it is. It's got a Turkish name, but they're like water taxis. Um, and it's still, it's not very fast, so it takes a while to cross the, uh, the Bosporus. And uh, you end up on the other side, and then you find that this side of the of the city is uh, much greener. There's a lot of greenery. There's a lot of plants. There's trees. Um, the style of building changes a little bit. It seems a little more old, a little more Asian, and it's also kind of oddly shaped. Um, there, there's a wall, and the wall goes all the way around the city. But the city, when you're in it, there's buildings and things, you know, in lines. And then there's areas where there's just greenery and shrubbery and stuff like that. And then there might be something like a village. And you're told that, that Skuti is a, it's kind of a small village within the city walls, Um and as you get there, you see, I mean, it's kind of run down. It's uh, the people are not 
you know, as wealthy as they might look. Otherwise, they're in more drab clothing. Um, there's a lot more uh, farm animals and things just as part of the landscape with goats and stuff. And there's a, a hillock that's, uh, oh, maybe uh, 200 feet high at one end uh, that you can see there is this big, imposing black fortress on top of it um, that does have that sort of medieval monastery sort of look to it. Um, but no easy way. I mean, once you're there, you have to kind of wander around a bit, even to figure out, is there a road going up to it or anything like that? Eventually you find such a thing. And uh, at the bottom of the road going up, uh, there are two gentlemen. They are dressed in uh, black robes and they have uh, turbans on their heads. And uh, they inquire of you, uh, who are you? What do you want? Uh, we are travelers from England, and we're looking to speak with Solomon the Red. And they look at each other, and they, they say stuff in, uh, sounds like Turkish. Presumably, in fact, some assistant to the chief, Suleiman. What, what, what business do you have with him? We, we've come across, the, well, let's just say perhaps someone who the, the Solomon may know, and we would like to receive some wisdom and advice about how to proceed. Wait here. And uh, it's actually quite a ways up the road, but uh, the one guy starts running up the, the road. Uh, probably have about 15 or 20 minutes before the guy comes back. Uh, it'll take him that long to get up there and then come back. Um, jump back to the others. So you've been painting there for, oh, 45 minutes, nothing. Any you haven't a, even uh... seen anybody look in your direction. You haven't yeah. seen anybody. But... Right. Uh, what about the, uh, like, uh, other residents of the neighborhood? Some people see you. Some people walk by and they look at what you're painting and move on. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time they've seen somebody, a vendor in the street doing something. Right. Hmm. I'm not sure. This um, is we'll say that one of them, one of them stops and looks at your painting and he says, oh, that's so, that's pretty well done. You uh, were you professionally trained? Yes, of course. Isn't it? Is it obvious? Not. Do you know whose house that is that you've got in the background there? Uh, the uh, all we've heard someone told us as they went by is the the Frenchman is what they called him. Yeah. Um, be careful. Oh, he, he does, doesn't like his house uh, being represented, or is he, what, he himself? What he likes and what he doesn't like is all inside of his head, and uh, he's a dangerous man. You don't want to piss him off. 
Oh, well, yes, that was definitely not our goal to uh, upset the uh, populace here. We're just trying to to get get a painting done of uh, this uh, beautiful man here. Hey, kind of point at Sydney, <laughs> and he uh, he looks around like this, and he leans into you, and he goes, "He's a wizard," and then he walks away quickly. The wizard. Hmm. Superstition. Oh well. After what yeah, I've he, seen, I don't he, know. He made the uh, he made the uh, stranger disappear. Very good wizard. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> what if he throws uh, late night parties or something? But what what time is it roughly? Well, say for you, it's about noon. Oh, about noon. Okay. Yeah. You started this morning at about 10. So it has, and not much time has passed for you. Um, Probably still asleep. <laughs> so we're going to say you've been there, what, about 45 minutes? Um, as you are standing there pretending to do what you're doing, um, Everybody, well, let's see, uh, Dimitri, you do a, a spot hidden. Oh, wow. Uh, extreme success. Okay. Ought to. Nice. So as you are standing there, uh, you, you see over the canvas, uh, you see the front door of the place open. Um, and you see that butler sort of step out and he looks around like this. And then he sees you and he motions for you to come forward, to come back where he is. Ah, see, my friends, invitations being made for us. Come, we go. And that was a good painting, Dimitri. Excellent work. <laughs> is, is it very nice? <laughs> yeah. You are uh, far too kind. To your Please, eyes, more, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, go uh, walking uh, up, up that way. All right. So you get over to the door, and the, the butler is standing there. And he says... My master would like to know what you're really here for. Uh, we were uh, wondering about uh, certain concubines in the city. I would have to see what her name was again. Uh, he turns around and... Uh, steps inside and holds the door open and motions for you to come in. Okay. I will step in. I mean, all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I will step in too. And As will Dimitri. Without really looking directly at you, he points downwards towards a little corner, you know, kind of right there. And he says, leave all that stuff there. Okay. Um, and then he says, and follow me. So 
the inside of this place is quite lavish. Um, the man likes his uh, beautiful marble. Uh, yeah, everything is decorated. Everything is carved. The walls have gold inlays in them and patterns. And it's very, it's a cross between Byzantine and uh, you know, that sort of uh, arabesque stuff with little bits of mother of pearl and everything. And, uh, he takes you to a staircase and leads you up. Uh, you go uh, along a hallway and it opens up into a veranda, uh, which overlooks the garden. And it's, mm. it's just out of the, uh, the direct sunlight. The building itself sort of blocks the veranda. Uh, and you see on a divan, uh, sort of uh, lounging there, looking out towards the garden, um, is this uh, gentleman. Uh, he's dressed all in colorful silk robes, uh, very expensive looking things. He has a bit of a little turban on his head, uh, almost more like a smoking hat. Mm -hmm. um, he has next to him a hookah. Uh, which he is smoking on. The smoke is fluttering up. And by this time, you've noticed that there are all sorts of exotic smells in the air. Um, smells like perfumes and spices and some things you can't quite put your finger on, but all of it very lovely. Uh, you can see there are peacocks in the garden uh, mm. walking about. Uh, and there is a sort of a mosaic top table nearby with chairs, but uh, it's just it's just blank. And uh, the this gentleman isn't really facing in your direction. He's looking out towards the uh, towards the garden, uh, and uh, the servant motions for you to stop. And he walks over and leans over and he whispers something in the man's ear. And the man sort of looks back at you. And uh, he says, sort of like that. Um, and he motions for you to come forward uh, as he turns around. The man looks like he's maybe oh, in his mid-30s. Uh, he has a little uh, black mustache. Um, and he doesn't, look, he doesn't look Arab in any way. He looks the Frenchman. He's probably French. And he's like, so what is this that you have come to my house to ask me? Ah, uh, we are looking for a uh, daughter of, of fate, a uh, known as Nis Nisra Ibnat Al-Masir. And uh, you, your name was recommended as someone to to ask inquire about this woman now what on earth would you want her for uh we believe that she has taken a a child uh, that is a friend uh, that who is the child of a friend of ours uh, i'm i'm sorry um who are ah charles mockford of uh Esquire of Britain. I, I, I don't care what your name is. I mean, who are you? Where have you come from? Why are you here? Why has my accent turned to English instead of French? <laughs> uh, 
we have are. journeyed we have journeyed far and been pulled into strange mysteries with uh blood red fezes and we are looking to save a child we do not come trying to beg and and plead for information i come legit to trade uh a uh, what could be a very valuable one of a kind portrait uh, trade yes, portrait that's, that's, for information that's what, that's what my servant said i'm not interested in your little finger paints um <sighs> So, Nisra, the daughter of fate, as she calls herself, um, she was a pupil of mine. Do you believe in magic? Yes. I, I, on the, my journey here, I saw undeniable magic. Hmm. So you have some experience in witnessing the unusual. Well, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of people have delusions and see things that they believe they have seen. But there is a manner in which the universe can be manipulated, you see. And uh, it takes a great deal of time and study. Uh, Nisra was an interesting woman. She had a kind of um, psychological captivation. She's a very beautiful woman. And uh, she proved to be quite a poor student, though. She was not interested in taking time to learn. Uh, she's been hanging around. I believe she was a bit seduced by some fellow... Uh, uh, a Laudi? Laudi, yes. Uh, you've, you've, you've heard of him as well. Uh, we've met him. I, oh, have you? And your impression? <clears throat> uh, he gives the impression that he uh, is competent in magic, but we found that he was easily uh, overpowered. Yes, I'm sure that Nisra is far by far his superior. Most likely she's just using him. She uses everyone, you see. She wants power. I myself am not interested in power. I'm interested in magic. And I told her that in order to understand magic, you have to study for years and years, many years. She didn't want that. She wanted some fast way to power, but she doesn't realize there is no fast way to power. So I dismissed her. Off she went. I don't know precisely where she is, but I heard a rumor lately that she has set up a residence somewhere in the uh, in the uh, Kizi Adalar, the um, the Prince's Islands, uh, which are south of Constantinople, um, there are officially nine, but my guess is that she's on the 10th, which you see the Byzantines and the Ottomans would often exile people out to the islands, and 
Of course, now they would deny that they ever do this, but they still do it. It's most likely she's out there with some prince that she's trying to seduce or use. Uh, that's my guess. Uh, hmm. So, so she would get set up there to try and accumulate power with, by you, manipulating some other person that can move her up the rungs, you say? So... I'm curious what she and Lauti have been up to. What, why are you interested? Well, as we mentioned, I, we saw some type of magic on the, on our journey here. And as my friend mentioned, a blood red fez, uh, what that is, what we saw was they were able to put the fez on a unfortunate victim's head and it melded itself onto him and began draining him of his life force. So she's found some sort of artifact. I mean, this is typical of what she would, she's probably not even interested in trying to study it and find out what its properties truly are. Uh, that's what I would expect. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I could help you with, uh, but your story is a bit interesting. Is there, have you eaten? Lunch? No. Allow me. And he stands up. Um, he's actually a rather, he's a bit rotund, a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, he walks over to this table and he reaches into his you know, robes and he pulls out a rope. The rope is about, oh, I'd say if you opened it up, it would be about four feet across. Uh, it's red and white striped. And he holds it in his hand for a moment. And he says, do you know what this is? I do not. String. He says, this is a rope that was fashioned according to the magic of Abramelin the Wise. He says, let me demonstrate. And he sort of opens it out onto the table like you would a table. So it makes a circle, goes around the table. Yeah. And he says, true magic is like this. And he grabs a hold of the string and he lifts it off the table. And when he does, there's food and drink and everything else there. My goodness. Like a magic trick. And he takes that and puts it back in his uh, pocket. He says, please, there's fruit, there's uh, water, there's wine. Oh. Um, I, I've, I've learned a great deal of magic over the years, studying. Uh, not everything is in books. Some requires practice, some risks involved, some danger, some I've traveled about. Uh, my family is originally uh, from Europe, uh, mm. which is why they call me the Frenchman, though it's not exactly accurate. Um, we've all been sort of collectors of magic and studiers of magic. 
I studied under a number of people. Uh, most recently, it would be uh, uh, Suleiman Malfikat. Uh, they call him Suleiman the Red. Uh, oh. He has a, a fortress. Um, I was not interested in his nonsense. Um, oh. He makes it into a kind of religious thing. I'm not interested in his Would there religion. be ways to counter uh, this uh, daughter of fate's magic? Something to subdue or, or I have no idea dampen. what she's learned. There's always, there's always counters, but uh, not knowing. I haven't had any contact with her in quite a while. Hmm. No, no tool or, or, or device that we could uh, uh, borrow or purchase. So now you're looking for a shortcut of some sort. I'm afraid there aren't any. Not but, shortcut per se, but uh, something to uh, help so we're not so on uh, short end of stick. I have no reason. I, I could teach you but it would take 10 years. Uh, maybe in, in not so much a shortcut, but mind you, if we could bring something that belonged to the boy that's missing, is there some magic that could try to locate him at all? Not a genie. If you're going to look for him, he would be where she is. And if if she's on the island, that's where she would be. Mm. I believe the prince in question was, uh, uh, I've been invited to the court a number of times. Ramazad, Ra Ramazan, Ramazan, Prince Ramazan. He's a, um, a distant cousin of the Sultan, but uh, oh. he's considered by the court um, to be a profligate, a sinner, a drug addict. And uh, I believe he has syphilis. Uh, mm. Awful disease. Very in good wine. Case, in, enjoy your refreshments. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. They're, they're quite delicious. Yes, if one's going to study magic, one might as well take the benefits of it. I don't understand why anybody would want to uh, rule over others unless, you know, they were absolute slaves and doing whatever you wanted for your pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I have servants. And as you can see, I don't need servants. The study okay. of magic is a very interesting thing. I'm surprised. And disappointed that Nisra didn't continue with me. Mm. Uh, just her uh, wanting the shortcut is wh why she left. You guys, you didn't have a falling out. She get that's our falling out. I mean, ah, I don't know where else she was going to go, and she's mm -hmm. looking for instant power. There's nobody else that's going to teach her. Certainly not. Alfcott, he's. Uh, he despises. He thinks that women are completely inferior. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Many men have made that underestimate underestimation. Hmm. 
Anyways, oh. we'll say that you have a little bit more conversation with him. The food's pretty damn good. Mm. Um, and then when he gets bored of you, he, it's time to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I do. He sends you on his way. Thank, Thank you for your time. Do you... Um, what do you do after you leave his place? What time is it? We'll say it's about three o'clock at this point. Uh, that may be time enough to go and check out the docks before yeah. heading back. That's yeah, perfect time. Kind of, okay. and you said that at the consulate they gave us kind of like a little map of the uh, sure. area. Yeah. Um, kind of look on there, see where the night. Nine Princes Islands, kind of where they are in relation to the city. They 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 actually gave you uh, a more than that. It's almost a travel guide. So, okay. um, there's two stories about the Princes Islands. They're they're directly south of Constantinople, mm-hmm. um, in the Marmara Sea. Uh, there are three rather large ones that do have very small populations on them. Um, The other ones are either uninhabited or abandoned. Um, They weren't exactly prisons, but they were definitely a place where the Byzantines and the Ottomans exiled people to. Once you're there, you can't get off if you don't have a boat. Um, But Officially, the Ottomans now deny that they ever did anything so cruel to people. But history says otherwise. Uh, but they only say there's nine. There are only nine. Okay. So the tenth one must be far, farthest out, or the, the secret one that's out there. Mm-hmm. The forbidden one. The, the Elba of the Ottoman <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the other three. Uh, eventually, the man comes back, and uh, he says, uh, "He says uh, uh, Suleiman is present, and he will see you." So uh, they bring you up, uh, but before you get to the gates, um, you have to remove any kind of weapons that you might have. If you don't have any, that's nothing. Um, considered picking up a pistol at the market when he went for the paints, but I, I suspect it was better to put that off. There is inside the walls, it's, it's kind of almost what you'd expect from a monastery, like an old medieval monastery. Uh, in fact, it might have been at one point that, but there is some odd smells. Um, uh, meaty sort of smells in the air, uh, which are not entirely unpleasant, but not not pleasant either. Uh, You can tell there seem to be two different kinds of monastic. There are people who are obviously guards, like the guys down there, and there are a few of them in here too, two of them posted near the door, two of them farther in, two of them in the rooms. Uh, but you are eventually taken to a room uh, that is, uh, it's got a long table in it. Uh, the walls are carved stone. Uh, 
just sort of, uh, what do I want to say, uh, geometric sort of carvings to the walls. And uh, there's a gentleman at the other end. He looks like he's maybe 40 years old. And he is surrounded. I mean, he's got three or four people also in these dark clothes around him. You can see that they have, um, they're not called scimitars. They've got their own name, but it's, it's the knife that comes out and then it curves a little, you know. So they're, they're the length of swords, but they're big knives. They all have these strapped to their sides. And uh, the gentleman says, yes, what, who are you and why have you come to me? I am uh, Suleiman the Red. Uh, we are gentlemen interested in the occult and we've encountered some troubling things happening in our, our part of the world and we've followed those responsible to here and we thought that somebody in your position and your knowledge would be interested in knowing about such factions operating in your locality. Um, let's find some place a bit more comfortable. Um, and he sort of has, he turns around and, and steps through a doorway. Um, and the guards have kind of moved around so that you guys feel obligated to follow. Um, he takes you into a room that has a low table and uh, cushions on the floor all the way around. Um, there are a number of other people in here who don't look like um, guards. They look more like, like I say, the ones that look more like the monks. Um, there are a number of old men. There are a number of, of men around his age. And there is one, at least one child. Uh, looks like he's maybe 10 or 12. Um, and he's, he, uh, when you walked in, he was busy copying something. And he immediately sits up and he stares at you as you come into the room. And Suleiman takes the lead seat and he sits down. Please sit down. Do you want refreshments? Uh, for, forgive our ignorance as a uh, foreigner has only recently arrived. Is there a proper form by which you should be addressed? You may just call me Suleiman. Thank you very my much. Suleiman. My surname is Malfikat, but people call me the Red it's the title. But just call me if, Suleiman. If you are having something, we would be honored to share it with you. If you are not, we are without need. And he looks up at one of the guards and the guard immediately goes and eventually brings back in coffee or something like that. Coffee and sweets. Thank you. Now, you said something about arrival. What, what are you going to tell me? There's a woman named Nisra, refers to herself <laughs> as the as the daughter of fate, she has been working with prostitutes. Our... A prostitute's no rival. She's been working with a man by the name of Lauti, and they have identified an artifact of significant magical potential that sucks the life force 
out of others and has the potential to control them. Most unnatural artifact of some ancient age and originating, we believe, in this area. We first encountered it, however, in London, where this uh, artifact transformed a young man unknowingly into an inhuman beast before our eyes. And you want to find this woman and join with her in an alliance and learn her magic? On the contrary, we want to remove this pestilence from our plane of existence. The pestilence it certainly is if a woman is involved. I do believe I know who you're talking about. And I know this Lauti fellow. Hmm. Um, a blithering idiot. Uh, yes, he's I incarcerated believe... in Europe now. Well, that's not surprising. It'd be difficult to incarcerate a, uh, a true believer. And he certainly is not. I can tell you this. I believe that she would be on an island out in the uh, Marmara Sea, one of the prince's islands. But it's not one that you'll be able to find unless you go out there and look for it. Um, it's considered by the locals to be forbidden. Um, people go missing out in that area. You'll have to give your boat captain a hefty bribe if you're going to get out there. Her cult is not very large. I would say oh, 20 people. Uh, on an aside, you figure that that Suleiman here has about 50 people from what you've seen walking around. Um, she's a whore. So exterminating her, if that's in fact what you intend to do, I approve 100%. I won't stand in your way. Uh, well, we are grateful for this information. This uh, this forbidden island is it? Does it have a? How would we tell a boatman what to look for? Well, tell him the tenth island. The uh, I believe that it's called. <sighs> what is it called? Uh, it's called. Um, Markum Prenzler Hadassi, uh, the, the island of doomed princes. It sounds like a charming spot. That sounds like a charming spot. I think also that she has a particular servant, a eunuch, a black eunuch, a big man that's fiercely loyal to her. You might have trouble, and he looks around at you guys. And you're like, you might have some trouble with him. I'm sure it won't be too much trouble, my dear friend. 
I would like you all to do psychology. How's the coffee? It's Turkish coffee. It's strong, muddy. Any passes? Not here. 89. 18. 79. Actually, I said all of you. Obviously, only the ones that are are here. Um, So none of you? 18. Oh, 18. So, James, you've been kind of in the background observing. And there's two things that, uh, that make the hair on the back of your neck start to stand up. One of them is that Suleiman is looking at all of you. When he speaks, he's got a smile on a smirk on a smile on his face. Like he's imagining doing things to you. You definitely get that predatory sort of look from him. The other thing that you notice that's that also is kind of odd. Although there are other adults in here that seem to share um, a sort of leadership in this cult with him, and they seem somewhat attentive, the boy is watching you guys with eagle vision, like he's memorizing exactly what you look like, and he's hanging on every word that you say like a fierce little student of the occult. Um, and it, like I say, it raises the hair on the back of your neck. So when your conversation is over, you're pretty happy to get up and go. Yeah. Not knowing whether you're going to actually make it out of the building. When, if we get a, not even a moment, maybe very, very quiet whispers, I will. Yeah, there's no way. Any, any kind of whispering will be Right in front of them. I will. I will hold it all to myself. And so, as I said, I won't get in your way. Whatever you do. Um, is there anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Unless it's... you two have any. No, mm-hmm. just our great appreciation for. I'm grateful for the knowledge that you've imparted uh, and the warning regarding the eunuch servant. Uh, other than her gender, uh, do you know of any weakness that we might exploit in this Nisra? No, but you must guard your own weaknesses. She is a woman. She has her womanly wiles. She wasn't a courtesan for nothing. But uh, I hardly doubt that uh, she has any magic of any kind just as artifact um may i inquire as impressive as your um uh collective here is um if there's a particular teaching that you follow i'm a student of faith uh, as well as mysteries ah well we follow Deresis Holan, the the skinless one. Um, But perhaps that's a bit advanced for you to understand. Uh, When this business is done, come back and I will 
initiate you into the more um, advanced understanding. That and he's got that generous. he's got that smile on his face, like that sounds uh, wonderful. Uh, Bernard uh, Montgomery, I think it really is time that we should be going. Thank you for your hospitality. Um, and I also like do a little bow towards the younger child as well. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, you've been welcome, host. Off you go. Yeah. Um, Very quickly. Going to do anything else before you return? Back to the other side. It'll take you another hour, I, hour and a half. I will speak to the two gentlemen as we have left. Yes. <laughs> um, gentlemen, uh, did you? Did either of you ever get that strange feeling that uh, that man wanted to? Uh, well, he mentioned skin. When he mentioned a skinless god, I almost got that feeling that. He was maybe wanting our own skin, if you get my drift. I well, he certainly had a, a shark-like smile on his face some of the time. I yeah. also am always suspicious of men who are afraid of women to that degree. Yes, and Just that, a fundamental flaw in their character. I feel for that kid. He was uh, more attentive than the rest, and uh, he seemed more eager. And I fear that the youth should be able to be given a choice, and maybe that kid was not given much choice and has been grown up in this uh, form and is now uh, and may, maybe uh, well, grow up no... to take over from this man. Well, I mean, uh, there's not much we could do for the for the young lad, but maybe you'll see him again in 20 years. <laughs> maybe. But uh, yes, I think we should watch our backs because I, I don't think he would have let us leave willingly. So there might be more. I suspect. To quite. I, I suspect that it's good that we came on a mission that involved a woman because it inspired his uh, encouragement, let's say. Yes, but at the end yes, of the day... It, it may be that misogyny has saved us all our skin. Yes. This, for, this fine afternoon. Possibly, yeah. possibly. But I also think it's getting rid of a bit of competition. So either way, even if he wasn't bothered by the fact she was a woman, um, he might have been forthcoming anyway. No, outside of this whole... Uh, terribleness with uh, dealing with such terrible people. Um, did either of you know that Dimitri was a painter? <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> oh, you know, I think that um, uh, much like Southern American women, uh, minor Russian aristocrats are expected to know all sorts of skills to entertain and amuse others. Yes, but he seems to be... Uh... A master of many skills. I, uh, just like with the French, I have a hard time trusting the Russians. So. Well, I'm certainly glad we didn't lose the poor fellow who read a hat thanks to that mad German. Yes, you, his bill. Yes. Baron, Baron Leopold. 
Uh, oh, quite an interesting approach to the study of the uh, yeah. esoteric. Yeah. Given that, how difficult was it to find a, a ferryman who took us across the river? There's um, constant traffic because there's no bridge. Yeah, not that, not that difficult. Did, not how, how was our experience with him? It would be nice to find someone, a ship captain for later that we had faith in. Well, I mean, and since we're they're, at these docks, they're uh, they're small water taxis. Um, whether he spoke English or not, he kind of knew what you wanted. You want to go across. Your your the 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 money there is lira. So uh, in the in the Persian in the uh, Ottoman Empire, so you kind of know how much he's going to charge you and. You didn't really have to communicate with him. Otherwise, he just took you across. Right. Probably does uh, it a hundred times a day. So before we leave the riverfront, let's and go back to see, uh, meet, meet the others at, at Garrow's place. Let's find an English-speaking boat person and see if we can get a lead on a, a small watercraft for perhaps tonight. Or perhaps we should attack them during the day tomorrow. At any rate, it would be nice to get a line on some kind of boat that can carry yeah. us all and not maybe ask too many questions. Yeah, or we could answer. maybe Garo Demir knows somebody on the waterfront that can advise us. Possibly, but we don't necessarily have to go in the week or ten, use the boat to scout tomorrow, maybe. Not necessarily go to the island itself just to see how big this small island is and well if we go during the day uh, they'll be able to see us i mean if they're out in the middle of the ocean and there's nothing to do myself i don't know maybe that's something to discuss with the others um i hope they had to look with a fat frenchman from yeah, that from the map, the nearest island is about 12 miles south out in the Marmara Sea. So it's actually in the sea, so it's going to need a bigger boat than a taxi. Right, yeah, I was just, if since the water taxi is among them, because there'll be some tourism, it being a cosmopolitan city, if we could find somebody who dealt with tourists and spoke English, we could ask about our rentals of boats for the next couple of days and get a line on somebody. Right. So you travel back. Um, you're heading back to Demir's. Um, the other three, you guys have decided to check out the docks, the Kashim docks. And uh, you can see in the, in the same little travel guide that you know, it says this is a filthy area. And you can see it's run down. It's the kind of place where crimes take place. You know, uh, you want to bring somebody out here and murder them. Nobody's going to notice. Although Constantinople is busy. So although this dock is quiet, you can see there's, you can see within visual range, there's docks there that there are people working. And you can see that like the entire Turkish fleet is parked over here. You know, there's a vista that you're looking at. If it was too noisy over here, 
you'd probably get the Navy noticing. Yeah. Which could be to your advantage. <laughs> um, now, the other thing is there are a million places to hide. Uh, there are warehouse buildings. There are, uh, you know, scaffoldings. There are all sorts of things going on in this place. Uh, primitive cranes. Uh, you're guessing that if they're coming from an island, they will be coming on a boat. The dock is right there. Mm -hmm. That's most likely where they're going to be coming from. All sorts of places that, uh, that you could take advantage. Of course, they might do the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do, do are most of the buildings look to be in use or is no. there a lot of abandoned stuff? Oh, it's almost all abandoned. In this area. All abandoned. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is really. That's why they chose it. Yeah. And at midnight, it's going to be pretty unlit. You know, there'll be a yeah. few lights. Here. Dark, abandoned. Yeah. So they may have a setup here already. It just, it really depends how big they are. Like if, if they're a big organization, they might have a setup here, but if they're a smaller one, they might not. Yeah. You don't I mean, see any evidence of anything already being set up. So yeah, I no think well, like, you know, a couple people hanging out like on a third story of a warehouse yeah, if I, you were going, well, there's uh, there are only two stories in the other one, but okay. you can. I, I don't. They're not necessarily two stories. They're that high, you know, yeah. that kind of yeah. warehouse. But you're thinking that if they came in smaller boats, they could go at different ends of the docks and come around and ambush you guys from the back. Mm -hmm. Demir says yeah. he doesn't think they're going to give up the kid. They just want the stuff. Yeah. What yeah. is what is the water to land uh you know area look like? Is it is it is the dock area like built up and there's an artificial you know wall that goes into the water and the and the dock stretch out stretches out from that so that there's only water underneath, or is it a land with the with the dock kind of bridging over the land and then stretching out into water so that people could be under the dock from where it is um you're actually the these particular docks uh what's directly in front of you is um the golden horn the uh the sort of river that flows down into the the sea of marmara um it's very wide um, the docks are, for all intents and purposes, cement. So they stick out into the water and boats can come up to them and park. But you think they're pretty much solid uh, underneath. They're not wooden posts. Um, uh, they're ancient, but you know they had cement a thousand years ago. So... So the yeah. underside of these docks, there's scaffolding that goes into water, or it's just it's just cement coming up out of the thing. That's the dock, like a pier, or well, a pier is not a good example. Like a, uh, 
probably a technical so term for it. It's a almost jetty. like a solid column. It's like it's, a solid, a solid thing going out. Okay, so it's not like there's probably bits and pieces of it here and there that have wood, but for the most part. Okay, so there's uh, no to, underside; it's all solid. Right. Okay. But from all what right. you're, what you're, where you're going with that, I'm just, I'm telling you, there's still a million places you could hide, or they could hide. Okay. So it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if if we wanted to have a presence here, it it's so big and vast, we'd have no idea where to set a couple of us up. Yeah to try to rescue the rest of us if things go bad. Well, I mean, we could still set it up, you know, have like a carriage or something. We've got what they want also, right? You know, we've got their their hat and their book. And if we could show up early enough, we could set up and be like, hey, we're over here to meet you. And we pick, you know, yeah, they've picked the docks, but they didn't say where at the docks. We could set it, set it up here, and they go, they get off. They go, no, you come to us for the exchange, not we go to you and walk into their area. So, do we want to try to use fakes, decoys for? Well, the one uh, thing that you do know from at least the way the text is written, you don't think they know that you have four. Yeah. Yeah. They just think they just think there's one and they want the book. And yeah, I think decoys, I mean, you know, like like they're not giving us the kid back. So why should we give them the book? Right. Oh, exactly. so they don't have the kid. There's no deal. Let's assume well, you can also I'll just give you one thing. You can also assume that they're not going to be easily fooled, obviously. Right. Yeah. They're not just going to take it and give you the kid and go. They're going to examine to make sure mm-hmm. that it's what they're looking for. Um, but let's say you're discussing this. Now you've, you've got the layout in your head. You make little sketches right. from there yeah. and you're headed back to Demir's as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you all arrive, we'll just say magically around the same time. <laughs> hey, guys. How was your visit with the, with the Frenchman? Oh, it's it filling. He had wonderful wine. And uh, incense, and he uh, knew and of the lady. No appreciation of art. Yeah, he, he didn't didn't like art. Yeah, but uh, a good lead. Yeah, uh, have you, are you familiar with the uh, Prince's Islands? Apparently, there's nine of them. Uh, well, there's a there's a tenth one. That's what we we had heard also. The yeah. island of doomed princes. Yes, the Markum oh. Princim Hadas. Hmm. And apparently it will take uh, quite a bribe or a steep sum to convince a boat captain to take us there. You know, a doomed and miserable place. Uh, so, you know, we get the main stuff out and then we learn that the Frenchman is weird and that the, surprisingly the skinless monks are even worse than weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't see any reason why we should plan at all to go to the stock decoy, no decoy. There's no reason for us to go if we go get the kid off that island. Well, I was thinking. What 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 purpose is there of even showing up? Well, how quick could we get to the island 
because they're coming to the docks, what, tonight? Tomorrow. Oh, it's midnight tomorrow. 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 Oh, okay. So we could go out there tonight. Mm-hmm. This might be the way to do it then. I think we, I think that uh, they or she are acting under the confidence that we are newly arrived and ignorant of their ways. And that although they'll certainly have lookouts, there'll be an element of surprise that we can take advantage of. Uh, and for that matter, if we don't bring the book or a fez, uh, then even if we fail to retrieve the boy from their island, they'll still be dependent upon us to retrieve the things they need for their little cult. That's true. If we, we just to... buy as many guns at the market as we can, <laughs> rent perhaps two small vessels, yeah. go out and find the island. Hmm. So uh, as you you've, you're arrived, you're you're coming back in, and as you you come into uh, uh, Demir's place, um, his wife comes out quickly to you and she says, "Oh please, he's." Um, Something is very wrong. And she yeah. takes you in, and uh, he is—he's—he's uh, he's finishing up. He's been translating stuff, and he sees you, and he says, "My God, my God!" He says, "It's—it's—it's it's, it's horrible." Uh, I have translated the Persian and the important parts of it. Uh, so much of it is just nonsense and story, but some of it is. Very important. I I started on the Aklo, and there is there is something dreadful. Dreadful. Well, what yeah, is it, me, man? What is it, man? I I I need to continue to translate to understand it. But here, let me give you this. And he hands you um, what he's translated from the Persian part. On becoming a true master of the Fez, you must give yourself up to the blood-red Fez before it rewards you, only by wearing the Fez, by risking that your will is weak and you are unworthy and will thus be consumed by the Fez, can you emerge tested and triumphant and able to channel its grand and terrible powers, the creation of subsequent Fezes. Once one has mastered the Fez, it is possible to spawn more which are alike in power to the first. This requires of the initial wearer a sacrifice of some small part of the soul, either his own or another's. In this way, each day another Fez can be brought forth into existence. With each wearer, the master can achieve power greater than can be, be believed. My God. Challengers to the master. Beware, others who gain a fez may try and assert themselves as masters. Heed my advice and keep a small group of acolytes in fezes that one may expend when the challenge comes. Like that giant of a man. The, con the control of the damned. Left uncontrolled, the fez will destroy the wearer. Once that happens, the thing that the fez wearer becomes may be controlled by, by other may be controlled by other more powerful masters of the Fez. They will be as mindless thralls bent only to the master's desires. The gate and the key. Blood Red Fez is the gate and the key. 
the blood of a member of the royal line of Salim Yavuz is used. The fast may call forth that which waits outside. Oh my! Oh my God! She has that prince out there. Oh, uh, yeah. This, this needs to be stopped. This is. It's done. Horrendous. We must not hesitate. The uh, I just Madman the Red thinks she might have twenty acolytes. So yes. that's the power of twenty fezzes. If I they think have she any. can use. That's what I, I am worried about. I, if I she think had my friends, that many, she would not need another. I, I think, my friends, that's it. The Aklo are the spells uh, that grant these powers. That's why they need the book. Okay. I mean, she um, could... If, if she got a hold of the book and learned the secrets and knew how to do it and could make more of them, she could take over the world eventually, yeah. enslave, the, enslave the entire world. That's good. But sure, we can't allow that to happen. Uh, I'm also now worried, Montgomery and Bernard, that... Um, we told this, we told Suleiman about this. And what if he now tries to get involved and take this book? We need to, I feel like, protect it. Indeed. Uh, he was quite specific in saying only that he would not interfere with us destroying her. He didn't say anything about murdering us and taking because possession <laughs> of these things. Did we mention that we, I don't think we mentioned to him that we had any of this stuff. When we were trying to stop her and her plan, we yeah, knew of we. I think I said that we feared she had acquired an artifact. I don't think we said anything about. We certainly didn't mention the book. Right. That is a blessing. You only said yeah. artifact. I do think that those of you who talked to the Frenchman mentioned the Fez. We but did. He yeah. shrugged it off. It's nonsense. Yes. We just mm. we need to be cautious because. She's just one part in this place, and we've met Suleiman, they've met the French, and we can't trust anyone, really, not here, out here. The, might as well be a war zone, but we just need to uh, keep in mind. Well, you say you wouldn't interfere. You also said he wouldn't help, if that makes sense. He doesn't really perceive her as yes, but he, that much of a threat. I think he thinks we're kind of cute in a sense that we're so, that, that we're so threatened. Well, depending on what myths he's heard, though, if he understands the power that this thing portends and he's as mad as he seems, then he might want to get a hold of it well, rather than to... let us destroy it, for well, example. he's got Solomon the Red, so, um, I guess. But he are the key word there. He said he wouldn't get involved. Doesn't mean that he won't get his men to get well, is, is he a fairy are we trying to pick his language apart as far as he promised he wouldn't um, there's nothing we can do we can't control no. him and we can't really take him at his word I think speed is of the essence you the should sooner avoid. we can get this done you the sooner we avoid. can leave avoid Sullivan the, 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 
much as possible. Because Although, Gaur, your advice on seeking this too was quite useful. Uh, we did learn a great deal, we believe. Um, we would, we should, uh, it, I would like to be as well armed as possible in this confrontation. And I believe that a bunch of bumbling uh, Western Europeans will not be treated well in the markets. Uh, we would also like to acquire a boat or two. You need rest, clearly. Is there a friend, a trusted friend of yours that can uh, take us to a market and purchase us some uh, quality firearms or, or advise us about a boatman we could trust to take us into the sea? Nine-fingered Abdullah, he is a fisherman I know, very good man loyal friend. He has a light trawler. He fishes in the Sea of Marmara. Mm, he might I'm even sure know the place without... Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Perhaps yes. uh, we can send a send word to him that uh, his help might be required and it's, you know, a vital import. Yes, I will do that. Definitely. I am... Uh, I am very tired, and very disturbed by what I've read. Um, I want to rest, but I think that it's important that I make an attempt to translate this. If I could have someone's assistance learning, I could, uh, they could write, write it down for me. Oh, I could, I could uh, assist with that. I also think it's important that you have at least one armed bodyguard. They know, they know where to attack you, and this book must not fall into their hands. There's another man. Um, Gundam's a friend, uh, and he, uh, he says to his wife, um, Send a, a message to Gundos. Tell him to come. Uh, we need his assistance. He will be able to help you find uh, guns, and whatever you need. What are your What are your plans then? No, I think the plan is to go to this island of the Doom Princes at night and assault it. It can't be that big. Um, and retrieve your tonight, child. We go tonight. It would be a small island, but I think you should let me finish translating this before you go so that you know what you're in for. Against. Yeah. How close do you think you are to completing that translation? It's not that. It's the contents are lying numbingly evil and dangerous. We don't want you to overtax yourself and... Uh... But we have no time left. So if you refresh yourselves, refresh yourselves. Mm -hmm. My wife will cook something and uh, Charles will assist me. Yes. And, would two assistants be more useful than one? Or is I it... just need someone to write down what I say. Very well. 
We'll, we'll try to make preparations with your friends while you do that work. But take care of yourself, please. We want, you, we want to bring your son back to you when you are, are also intact. All right. So um, over the course of the next couple of hours, in fact, we'll say it's probably going to take more like four hours. Um, so we're getting, let's say, uh, nine o'clock at night is, uh, uh, and for the for Charles, uh, Charles, I would like you to do a sanity roll. Ooh. Fail. All right, one d four. Four. Actually oh. makes sense. So as this goes on, he is he's translating, and um, you can see that as he translates, it's it's almost like he's being you know hit. He's tired, but at the same time, he the revelations of what he's reading are so horrible uh, that I mean it's almost it's mentally damaging him as well. Um, it's mentally damaging you because he's translating and you're writing it down. So you take right. yeah. four points of damage. But around nine o'clock, oh. uh, you've come, you've you've finished the last little bit, um, and the others come into the room, and you can read this to them. Ah, it's like someone's walked over my grave. Uh, but this is what we were able to uh, translate out. Reading the whispering fez, okay, gains uh, gain, gains the fez control of powers as long as they succeed in an intelligence roll when they finish reading the book. Powers that require a fez controller and another fez wearer are marked with an asterisk. They must be within a half mile radius of one another. Drain the fez. The controller may attempt to drain other fez wearers of magic points or pow. The target is unwilling and an opposed pal roll is required. Only five pal per day can be drained this way per fez wearer. The pal is taken permanently from the victim and added to the controller. Ugh. Or it can be used to spawn a new fez. One magic point per hour can also be drained, but these come back to the wearer at the end of the day. Control the uh, servant of the blood red fez. This spell accelerates a fez wearer to become a servant of the blood red fez. See, day three of the degeneration track. The servant does the bidding of the controller. By now, the person is strongly in the grip of the fez and cannot resist. Spawn fez. A new fez can be grown from an existing fez. This requires 24 hours at the end of which it is slowly extruded from with a hideous sucking noise. Favor to Yogg-Sothoth. The spell acts very much like call Yogg-Sothoth, except that no stone tower is needed. Instead, a sacrifice is required, and both caster and sacrifice must be wearing a blood-red fez. On a successful roll by the caster, Yogg-Sothoth is inclined to view its summoner favorably and grant spells and pow bonuses at the keeper's discretion. If another person wearing a fez contests the primacy, then the spell will be aborted on an opposed pow roll. On a fumble roll, Yogg-Sothoth appears anyway and it's not inclined to view anyone favorably. It's not good. Control the Fez. 
Any Fezware can test against another by making an opposed power roll. The winner is now considered the controller. The loser can resist control once per 24 hours. Allies can voluntarily give up control. Hmm. Lots of uh, spells in, in the book here, gentlemen. There is one more spell that makes uh, Demir shudder. Uh, and he says to you, he says, here, this one is the answer. But it's, it's terrible. I would do it myself, except that uh, you have a family. Yeah. The one who can control the feds, who takes it over, who masters it, and who can subdue all of the other people who are challenging him can make the hat destroy itself. He can make them all destroy themselves. Mm. But the risk to one's mind is incredible. There's a chance you could remove it before it is destroyed, but if you don't, it's going to destroy the person wearing it. But that's the way to destroy the blood red fez once and for good. It will destroy all of the fezes everywhere that exist. Well, it must be done. It's a pity that it's not merely a suicide mission, but in addition, a sort of voluntary trip to hell those of you who haven't touched one of the things, I don't think there would be any sweet release of death, but absorption into this landscape that is unthinkably wrong. However, Mir, you have already risked madness yourself, translating this book under the strain with your wound and fear for your son's life. There's no other way. I don't know what to do. I feel like I can't ask you. But what choice do we have? Yeah, this is left unchecked. Uh, the, the chaos that would ensue and spread. This, this has to stop at some point. They're all connected. You've seen it. Are all connected in this entity called Yog Sothos. Hmm. Whatever. But we don't think she has many, if any. We don't because know when all. we've seen the vision, there have only been four tendrils reaching down. But the text says you have to be within a half a mile. So maybe you can't. It's just too vast too to see the away. others, the hundreds she has on the island, perhaps, for all we know. Well, your He may your not have said, spells for creating extras. Maybe why she wants book to to gain access to these spells. She may only have whatever duplicate hats were on hand for her at that time and huh. has not been able to create more. Wow. That's why she wants our hat. I think uh, 
I think it's safe to assume that if they have more than one of them, she sent Lauti to find the book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Certainly, Lauti went to capture the book to increase their information. And Lauti himself made at least two more. Despite yeah. claiming not to be able to speak Persian, he translated it well enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if this is the way we're Englishmen, we must act like Englishmen and stop it. Uh, Which means not only do we arm ourselves as well as we can physically, but that we agree to put these things on our heads. Before. I was going to say earlier, too, that I, that uh, what's-his-name said they only have about 20 followers. Yeah. That's what he thought. We don't know. Right. <sighs> and so... Oh, among us, yes. I was thinking I might need to start studying that, that spell because someone's got to learn it. And so, with those horrifying revelations hanging over your head and with tomorrow or tonight if you're going to assault the island we will leave it there as your characters are continuing to read this journal in the 1920s and, uh, we'll pick it up next week which will probably be the last of the Blood Red Fez our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig Josh Harwood and John Hook with yours truly as a keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.